0: this episode of standard orbit is brought to you by audible.com offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone iPad iPod Android Kindle Windows Phone plus Mac or PC to get a free audiobook of your choice visit audibletrial.com/ Trek FM hey
1: everyone I'm Rod Roddenberry and you're listening to Trek FM
0: Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take
1: a sir. Aye, sir. You will obey. It is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Welcome to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show about the original Star Trek series. This is a show where we dive into the characters, concepts, cliches, and other things that don't start with C about the original series. My name is Drew, or Landrew, I'm the TOS editor for the network, and with me today is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trackstars. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing fine, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm excited to talk about today's C, which is cartoon again. <laughs> hmm yeah. And there's a convention in there. There's a convention? I guess you could say craniums. Okay, alright, we can go there too. <laughs> yeah. Um but this cartoon is not canon by any definition. Hmm. Okay. Well because it's the actors. I guess yeah, the, no, you're right. You're right. It's not. It's a TV show in the TV shows TV show. It does fit For into those... it does
0: fit into free enterprise continuity though. <laughs> it does. Mhm.
1: But uh this this week we're going to be uh we're going to do a commentary, which is another C but uh, it's on a Futurama episode that contains the entire living cast of the original series. Not the entire living cast, but almost. Okay, yes, Jimmy Doan was alive at the time. hmm Right. Yeah. But uh, the episode is called Where No Fan Has Gone Before. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, tell us about Futurama, because I've only seen a couple episodes, including this one.
0: Uh, Well, Futurama is a cartoon uh, which was created by Matt Groening of uh, uh, Simpsons fame. And it was uh, developed and I think run by David X. Cohen. And it was about a guy named Fry who was, I think he was a pizza delivery guy in um, present day, 1999. And he gets, uh, I think, accidentally cryogenically frozen or something like that and he wakes up a thousand years in the future. So that would be uh twenty nine ninety nine. And uh he's uh hired by his great 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 I think grandson who is much older than he is or maybe it was a clone or something. I don't know to um <laughs> to to work as part of uh, his uh his delivery um uh delivery company where they fly a ship around the galaxy delivering goods, you know, kind of like a like a space courier sort of thing. Okay. And um they get into various adventures here and there. And there's a lot of pop culture references and a lot of science fiction references. And um obviously there are a lot of Star Trek references. And just like with The Simpsons where you have lots of guest stars uh you know here and there. Uh Futurama had that as well, and they did one episode which was written by someone who would go on to become a Star Trek writer himself, David A. Goodman, uh, who, who wrote for Enterprise, and he's also the author of uh, Star Trek Federation, The First 150 Years, and I, wow. I think if you check on uh, literary treks... There's uh, an interview with him right right here on good old Trek FM. Cool. So, um, so he's obviously a fan, and uh, it shows in this episode.
1: Yes, this, this episode is, is almost rapid-fire, nonstop TOS references. Right. Uh, even in the background and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And it came up last week uh, because you hadn't seen it somehow. And that shocked me because I just assumed, of course you had seen it, just like every TOS fan has seen it, Uh, right? I guess not. So, uh, what we're doing today is a commentary on it. Follow-up, because you watched it. Yes. And if you're one of those rare TOS fans who hasn't seen it, it is on Netflix. It's episode uh, 3.11, I believe
1: season 3 No, it's season 4, episode 12, I think.
0: Okay. I was close. Yeah. The seasons are so weird on Futurama. It's it's crazy. Um so you can you can check that out and definitely watch this episode before listening to our commentary because it is way better than whatever we're going to be talking about. <laughs> so yeah. All right, let's get synced. All right. So we'll start up at uh, zero, 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 000000 on the countdown. And uh, if it's not 100% uh, accurate, don't worry about it. We're not going to be that screen specific. And if you're ready, Drew, we will start yep. it up in 3, 2, 1, start. Yay! Futurama opening. Where no fan has gone before. So you're not a
1: Futurama fan to begin with. Well, it's not for. It's not that I i don't like it. It's just that I've not seen much. I watched the pilot, maybe the first couple episodes when I first got Netflix. But uh, there's just so much other stuff. I figured I should watch, you know, all of the Star Trek series before I start watching, you know, parodies of said series. Yes. Fair enough. So here we've got the Planet Express, and it's got nacelles, which is a. Uh, which, really
0: cute which is something which will be explained later which is one of the awesome things about this show is they do these visual gags and then they explain them or they call back to them they don't just drop it like the continuity in this show is insanely good way better than star trek actually <laughs> so here we So
1: the heads they're, they're they keep famous people's heads alive in the future mm-hmm. so that they can have these cameos yeah and they have museums and stuff like that
0: yeah, and they've had a number of people on the show, um, but here, you know, an entire cast of a of a television series. I mean, this is the only time that that's happened, as far as I know. So obviously, here oh. they're doing the
1: menagerie, which is pretty cool. Yeah, twelve concurrent deaths. Twelve concurrent death sentences for visiting this planet. Yep. I always thought it was ridiculous that there'd be a death sentence for visiting a planet but 12 concurrent ones seems a little harsh.
0: So you can tell that this show was made in 2002 because here it is a thousand years in the future and they're at a video store.
1: Yeah, getting VHS tapes. Yeah. I guess you might as well go all out. <laughs> there was a, a Galaxy Wars box with the Star Wars font on it. I mm. like that. And they have a Planet of the Clams. <laughs> werewolf dog. Yep. The little police officers have lightsaber batons, which I think I'd seen before, so that's not exclusive to this episode. No.
0: So, so, there, in this, in this universe, there were Star Trek wars, and... (laughs) Star Trek has been banned ever since essentially.
1: Yes. They they created a religion and then it was forbidden. Sealing of the Christine Chapel yes, has been closed for renovation. That's beautiful.
0: And I mean like all of these things it, it works. You don't need to necessarily have seen an episode of Star Trek in order to enjoy this particular
1: episode of Futurama but And you don't need to be a Futurama fan to enjoy this particular episode of Futurama. No. Yes.
0: But, I mean, there's so many references that it's it's almost uh, impossible to to catch them all on first viewing. And there's so many things in here where, you know, they they tell these jokes and it's just like, that's hilarious. And yet it's so true. Like, we were just talking about, along with that blooper reel where the door doesn't open all the way. You know, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were just talking about that, like, last week.
1: I like how the, the sun peers over the planet, like, shooting Spock's casket. I mean, there's a lot of little jokes. Yes. That that aren't even jokes. They're more... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Fry just gets up from the wheelchair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please use the beeps. Oh. <laughs> So
0: here, I mean, the other thing that I love about this is the fact that they did get all of the original people back to do their voices except for for James Doohan. And, like, even even in this scene right here where he takes uh, Nimoy's head and then Jonathan Frakes drops into place and he's like, yep, front row. (laughs) Like, even though that was like a one-line thing and you, you can't even really tell who's saying it, it was Jonathan Frakes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i caught that in the end i was like did they get jonathan Price to come in and say that yep. yes yes they did
0: and i don't know if i'm uh just seeing what i want to see but that guy right beneath him is that supposed to be iris steven bear i don't it's think it's so.
1: not <laughs> okay. in... now that would be an inside joke in the white shot it looks like it but i i did i did see him in the uh final episode of DS9. Yeah. And I was like, there's Iris even bear. And Jessica's like, "Who?" and I'm like, yeah, never mind. <laughs>
0: so here, Mike's hero,
1: yes. I think is how it describes him.
0: <laughs> so here they only have like six windows for these heads. They they don't, uh, they don't have doing on this ship. They're never going to take them. Oh, which is sad.
1: <laughs> hmm. I love how they're just—they're making light of of Star Trek while also paying homage to it, and that's that's the sincerest form of flattery.
0: Yeah, and I of mean Freak
1: says his beard—that's glorious.
0: I mean that's the way it works, you know. I think sometimes uh, fans of of things, not just Star Trek, but anything, get a little too uh, overprotective of them and a little too uptight and can't laugh at uh at the things that they love when really they should they should laugh really hard because there's a lot of ridiculous stuff and and even the best thing.
1: I am disappointed that uh Leela, the, the Cyclops, she didn't say that Omega 3 is planet forbidden. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> The effects are pretty good. The spaceship effects are all very nice.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of like early CGI stuff. But still made to look sort of 2D-ish. I like how the planet that they're crash landing on looks very much like the Voskins (laughs) rocks.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that. And they just crash your ship. That happens all the time, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much Who cares. Yeah. yeah, they're always fixing the ship. I love that. There's everything. That was everything. <laughs> that was everything. Yeah. So many cardboard sets. So many memories.
0: And there's Shatner. He's the best. L dog. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I mean, we're we're just gearing up right now to do a uh, a series on commentary Trek stars, where we talk about all the stuff that William Shatner has uh, starred in as himself, all the movies. You, you can't <laughs> you can't really extend it to uh, TV shows, otherwise it would take forever because there's this, there's uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I mean, it's just crazy. That guy has played himself so many times, and he's so good at it. And I know that he's sounds always, weird, but he's my really opinion
1: really is, is it's it's always he's always playing himself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love poor Walter. He's speaking perfect English, and then like now say nuclear vessels. <laughs> no.
0: And and I thought that was funny, but then I was looking at uh, Walter Koenig's. Um, filmography and mm. there was recently ever you know recently like in the last 20 years or something like that some uh I, I forget what it was whether it was a video game or what but he was playing like a russian admiral i'm like really
1: <laughs> and they kill the red shirt because why <laughs> and she, that's nice mm-hmm
0: And that is very similar to, like, Who Mourns for Adonis, you know, where he's constantly being flung across the room.
1: (laughs) So we've got a a cheesy, cheesy sparkly effect that is the villain. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's Nimoy. Notice his ears aren't pointed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, the VHS tapes just crack me up.
0: I guess it would be VHS. I mean, why not, right?
1: Because I'm like, well, they'd be the Blu-ray remastered editions now.
0: <laughs> there was no such thing as Blu-ray when this uh, video was made. I, I love
1: that they... they... Like, I am the encyclopedic, bow before my encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek. Trek Fest
0: 3002. <laughs> I've been to some uh, Star Trek conventions in the late 90s and early aughts, which I think were less attended than uh, this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if all the people who attended were the original cast.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking in terms of fans.
1: But... <laughs> I love that line. I've done enough conventions to know how to spell Melvar. Yeah, Getting their picture taken. They should have the crew take pictures of him.
0: Yep. <laughs> now, here. This is a piece of gold inside of a piece of gold inside of a gold shirt. Um... William Shatner covering uh, Eminem. Yes. I mean, I don't know why that's not on my iPod. I cannot understand (laughs) that. I need to do that. I've never really, I've only experienced one trivia contest at a a Star Trek convention, and it was actually in a bar. And Matt Hansen schooled, (laughs) Everyone. It was insane. That guy was on <laughs> fire. And he was drunk it, at the time too, which was kind of which made it even more impressive. So can we call
1: Matt Hansen Melvar?
0: No, because uh, no, we would need to call him Fry. Because he would totally <laughs> beat Melvar.
1: I love that Walter and George have to share scripts. <laughs> it's just everything about this.
0: And the way that they traded uh, you know, um DeForest Kelly, you know, since obviously he had passed away at this time, but he's there. He just doesn't say anything. It's great.
1: Cause Which can't... after seeing that episode where, you know, I got to see a cartoon with DeForest Kelly's voice come out of it, I'm really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I like Fry pointing out that why can't we just, you know, explain it with a simple <laughs> <laughs> Techno babble. It's the best. Of course, the worst. The cool fan set, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it has ramps. Yeah, the set has ramps instead of steps. Oh well, I guess it's not screen Hmm. accurate. No, no, I mean maybe it's like the the future one, where uh, they're too old and need to have wheelchair accessibility to the bridge. (laughs) Here comes my favorite part.
0: Yes. The line about uh directing <laughs> and getting magnificent form- performances. It's great. Even this Out shot of me, right. Because here, they
1: expect me so much.
0: That that shot of Bender in the uh in Jeffrey's, Jeffrey's tube. tube. I mean the composition and everything, just like
1: and the the, the phaser space. blasts going off in different angles, but coming converging on one point. Yes, it's extremely well done. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sparks and explodes, but I think that's a science fiction trope. Yeah.
0: I, th- there was actually a lot of stuff in here that that we recently talked about in terms of. Cliches you know I mean here you got the the giant hand I'm just gonna mm-hmm. reach out and grab it. we just talked about that
1: the engine just falls off
0: it's weird because maybe because the cast of uh, of the original series is so big that they have here you know the um the the normal uh regulars on on Futurama are actually kind of slim. You've just got the three of them. Uh whereas normally you'd have the Professor and Zoidberg and all those other dudes. they Hermes. Mm-hmm.
1: Hermes is a guy. Yeah. He's in a TV show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but they're really not here. <clears throat>
1: I don't like how they number the episodes, though. Because well, whose numbering are they using?
0: I, I, that's always a question, but that's a that's a problem with Star Trek in general. Well, the original series in general. But does it line up? I mean, I don't know. Would I'm, I'm, I, don't, I would be shocked
1: if it wasn't accurate,
0: knowing, knowing yeah. these
1: guys. But it's got to be, right? It seems like those would be the easy jokes. Yeah. The actual things you could number. Mm-hmm. So now they have to fight to the death, of course. Yeah. Using only weapons whatever they can find.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw this episode, but there is a thing with Zoidberg where he goes to his home planet and he's got to uh fight someone to the death and they have their uh, traditional, I forget the name of his race, but the traditional Zoidberg race um uh like battle music and it's mm-hmm. the the music from a mock time. <laughs> it's pretty great.
1: I like, Shatner immediately rips his shirt mm-hmm. before the battle even starts.
0: Shatner is so good in this. I mean, I know it's it uh, seems weird to say that. It seems weird to say that a guy is good at playing himself. But Shatner excels at that because he's not playing himself. He's playing, yeah. you know, a version of him, a cartoon version of himself, quite literally in this case. But I, I'm really looking forward to this series that we're doing because, God, he's good. He's really good at it. <laughs> and there's four to five movies where he's played himself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Takai and uh, Takei and Shatner were recorded together I mean that's the thing with stuff like this I mean here we are doing it live you know being nowhere near each other but you know they could be doing it all in the same place like a you know days apart
0: yeah I'm guessing they probably weren't in the same room which is why it's I, I find it weird that Dewan didn't want to do it I know like he didn't want to be involved with anything that Shatner was involved with but Surely they could have recorded them on a separate day. Yeah. Even the choreography of these fights.
1: Yeah, there's double fists and flying flying jump kicks. and. (laughs) And of course, Uhura did all those cartwheels and (laughs) beat somebody up in the original series like that. Oh, uh, I'm just admiring it. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. It's it's hard. We're 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 being very bad commentators right now. Yeah.
1: And then we get the Squire of Gothos ending. Mm-hmm. yeah That it's he was a kid the whole time playing with his Star Trek toys. He's not a kid. He's thirty four. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And the glasses on the on the mom are great. They're great mom yeah. glasses.
1: And Bender just wants to hit Walter Coining in the face for some reason.
0: <laughs> and of course, Shatner would get uh, Leela. <laughs> <clears throat> and here's the explanation for how. Uh, the Nacelles got on the, uh, on the, the, uh, what's it called? The, what, the Planetary Express? Is that what it's called? Planet,
1: I, I don't remember. How, how, Planet how do Express. I, Planet there it Express. Is. Okay. Sorry.
0: I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, like I was saying before, like this show is so good at stuff like that. You know, I mean, like there's, there's this one, uh, thing you know where where they talk about bender and he's like oh yeah can you bend you know bending and he's like oh bending is my middle name it's like bender bending rodriguez and then you know it's obviously just a throwaway joke but then for the rest of the show yes his name is officially bender bending rodriguez <laughs> that ship is very uh
1: romulan slash klingon yes Apparently, it's a collector's item, too. (laughs) Yep.
0: And then this guy is their version of Captain Kirk, I guess, in in the Futurama
1: universe. And then the bottle, the... the, Not the bottle, the uh, bookend things now are live with the regular things they're having the court martial while they're getting shot at mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like here yeah the head blows up i don't think you see him with his head again for the rest of the episode right i'm pretty sure i don't know even though in a normal cartoon yeah he would just in the next shot he'd have his head again
1: i like the uh his destruct code is <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same as the enterprise yep <laughs> We get the, the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Don't let a TV show ruin your whole life. After Star Trek, he became an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, quote, balance of terror there. Mm-hmm. Which they do call out.
0: But, you know, he's saying episode 9, but it could be episode 10, right? If you count uh, the cage as number one? Or is it, I don't know, there's too many ways to count. And there's only 79 tapes, did they have the cage? Right, so I guess they wouldn't. But I mean, the way that, I mean, for some reason I do not understand Star Trek fans need to maintain that there are 79 episodes by either... Not counting the cage and counting the menagerie as two, or counting the cage and counting the menagerie as one. They just can't deal with the fact that maybe there are 80 episodes of this show. I don't understand.
1: Okay, so in our canon, there are 80 episodes. Yeah, we, we've, we've acknowledged that.
0: <laughs> and then here, this is not the typical Futurama uh, end title music. They actually recreated the original series with, you know, the stills just like you get and they and that want this last shot of uh, um, I think it's a is it Kip is that his name I think so he's like my favorite character looking like uh, the, the thing from there, there you go like that's not in any episode they made that specifically <laughs> for, for this end uh, title sequence and 30th Century Fox that's always what it is so that's it yeah. that's Futurama nice little taste of uh of the series my my favorite episode although i haven't seen the comedy central ones yet i'll I'll get around to watching them yeah because it died and was resurrected and then died and was resurrected like (laughs) three times or something like that yeah yeah
1: good times good times indeed yeah Well, it was fun talking about Futurama today, but that's just one of the uh, topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit.
0: I like aliens. They took a semester of philosophy in in college when they were on Earth, and then they were like, yeah, we're Plato's stepchildren, and then, you know, later, the name just stuck. Earl Grey.
1: First Contact. Riker says, "Okay, they're they're ready to fire," and he pauses. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment, you see a little ship. There's another Jennifer Sisko somewhere <laughs> in my ship for sure. <laughs> the ready room. The if this statement was correct, it would suggest that the crew of the Prometheus
0: modified
1: the interior of the ship to reflect the new registry number before the old one was changed on the hull. Really? The orb.
0: I think some people might not like it, but every time I watch the end series here, I really can't wait for me to just go, next one, next one.
1: To the journey! Galaxians. Yeah, I would love to have
0: seen Neelix on Earth, too, just for the very reason. Like, he has all these wonderful ideas. I
1: have this vision of him being... Like the Rachel Ray of Earth, and <laughs> he's going to have a cooking show. Commentary, Trek Stars. The Dresden Files.
0: I couldn't even do a Chicago accent if I wanted to.
1: You're like wearing half the gear. I
0: yeah, know. I'm, should, I'm wearing be a Bears jersey right now in Chicago, and I could not Except do... Save the football
1: season. Football season's over. I the could not do two
0: a Chicago accent to save my life.
1: Warp 5. The Borg on Enterprise. Not to mention in the movie, right? Oh, here's what we'll do: the movie's pretty much over. It was two and a half hours long, but let's put another 15 minutes of cleaning up the Borg in there, right at the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Melodic Treks. Five musical favorites. And to see the Klingon ship dissolve in in the lightning effect with that music playing at you know at loud volumes, it was it was basically the, a geek's dream. Literary Treks. Spock Reflections
0: and my favorite is when Amanda goes I will never get used to a Vulcan scolding (laughs) right you know we wouldn't take it as a scolding at all
1: and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out those shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. you find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. So, I hear we have some feedback. We have so much feedback. All right, let's burn through this stuff. All right. We had a message a few weeks ago from Christopher Baca, from San Antonio, Texas. He says, "I recently found your podcast and I really like the discussions and interviews. It's a very professional-sounding podcast. I'm glad Star Trek finally has a professional-sounding podcast on the level of Rebel Force Radio and what they do for Star Wars. I really like the character discussion episodes. Keep up the great work." Well, thanks,
0: Christopher. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, Rebel Force Radio. That's uh. High praise. Uh
1: didn't they didn't they beat you out of an award?
0: They did. They beat me they beat commentary trek stars out of an award, so
1: so yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And then he wrote back the next day and said, I really enjoyed your interviews with Mark Cushman in the Gene Kuhn episode. I also liked your first commentaries on Space Seed. <laughs> well, thank you. We appreciate it. And uh He's a, he's on Twitter, too.
0: So, uh, yeah. Thanks for following us. Yes. Thanks for
1: listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we got a message from your neighbor, Dante. Hey, Dante. How's it going? He says, Hi, Mike and Drew. I have to admit, I was only vaguely aware of the animated series and I'd pretty much dismissed it, but on your discussion on it, particularly on yesteryear, has convinced me to watch the 22 episodes of the show. I'm sure, as you point out, Mike, most of the episodes aren't particularly good. But watching these episodes, knowing that most of the cast and crew of the original series worked on the animated series, is a good enough reason for me to give them a viewing. I also enjoyed John Tenuto's vast knowledge on behind the scenes of Space Seed and Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Very much looking forward to the next commentary. Sorry, Mike, and I will try very hard to make the convention here in Chicago this summer. Anything involving Khan or Ricardo Montalban, and I'm there. Peace and long life, Dante Hopkins. Thanks, Dante. We appreciate you listening, as always.
0: And, uh, yeah, I hope you can make the con. And uh, if you do, be sure to
1: let us know so that we can uh, say hi. Let's tell everybody where they can contact us if they'd like to share their thoughts on today's show. Just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come both to me and Mike by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone, and you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm, and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Well, you can find me here on Trek.fm, where I do uh, commentary, Trek stars, with uh, my co-host Max. And you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com, where I do commentary track stars off-topic with Max and our friend Brandon. And we've also done uh, a number of uh, Futurama commentaries on there, so you can check those out if you're interested. And you can uh, find me on Twitter at comtrackstars or email me
1: at comtrackstars at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E. You can also find me guest hosting on various other shows around the network. And that's pretty much it. We have some iTunes reviews, too. These actually come from the British iTunes, the the United Kingdom iTunes, which uh, Colin had to teach me how to get to. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we've got a five-star review, Steady As She Goes, by Jarek. The Star Trek podcast world is awash with shows both good and bad, but to find an original series show with top-notch production and hosts that both know their stuff and have a passion for Star Trek means you don't let go, and certainly don't try to apply Kirk logic to why you should listen. Thanks, Jarek.
0: Yeah, Jarek is always uh, retweeting us whenever we say that we have a new episode, so that's greatly appreciated and um you know he does a uh, a stargate podcast and i always feel bad for not listening because i've never seen an episode of stargate but i totally would that breaks my heart yeah yeah he's a, he does gatecast yeah
1: yeah there's there's a couple episodes that are just tos references too oh really yeah oh. i think one of them even has john billingsley from enterprise. Oh yeah, there's Star Trek people all over that thing. No, I mean like and the episode is all about like their red shirts and they're doomed to die or something. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I forget exactly how it goes. It's kind of like Lower Decks but oh, oh. in Stargate.
0: Well, actually, the, the uh Ron Wilkerson who wrote Lower Decks was a writer on Stargate and uh one of his his uh, favorite episodes and one of people's favorite episodes of his he he describes as the the Lower Decks. The Stargate version of Lower Decks. <laughs> so that could very well be it.
1: Yeah. All right. We've got another review. Uh, it's it's a five-star review titled, You Have the Con. It's by Colin. Mm. From Melodic Treks, formerly of Trek News and Views. Mike and Drew, resplendent in the knowledge and love that they possess for the first incarnation of the franchise, bring an interesting and thoughtful look at our first venture into the Roddenberry universe. Resplendent. Yeah. That's great, Colin. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's very uh, British of him. I need to use the word resplendent if I knew what it meant. I think I put that in my uh, tea. All right. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's Worlds, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you got for us? Well, you know, there aren't
0: just books on audible.com. There are also uh, interviews. Really? For example, they have uh, archives from Fresh Air on NPR uh, with Terry Gross, including an interview with Matt Groening, the creator of Futurama. From July 27th, 2007. And uh, you can hear Graining, it says here, uh, um, Matt Graining began his career as a rock critic before going on to create the much-loved cartoon series The Simpsons. He is also the creator of the TV series Futurama and still draws the weekly comic strip Life in Hell, seen in mostly alternative newspapers nationwide. Graining also edited Da De Ka- De Capo... Is it Da Capo? Best music writing, 2003. The year's finest writing on rock, pop, jazz, country, and more. The feature film, The Simpsons Movie, which he co-wrote, opens in theaters. Well, today, December 18th, ago. 2003. So, um, yeah, you can check that out for free since you listen
1: to Trek FM. That's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, or that latest novel from your favorite author. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Standard Orbit coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations of aliens. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Tobu who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which one you would like in which format. Again, you can find them on trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. They don't have any Zoidbergs, though. Oh, that's yes. They are those are animated aliens, but no. <laughs> Zoidbergs Zoidbergians. Well that was episode twenty. Yep. Which is a an odd number, I guess, if it's a weekly thing, but twenty's a big number. I was gonna say I think twenty is an even number, no? I mean it's odd, in not it? I mean maybe twenty one. No. Twenty six would be half a year. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we're almost to our half-year anniversary. Not too bad. Not bad at all. Well, everybody, thanks for supporting us so far. Thanks for listening this week. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of moment ahead. Walk factor one.
0: I said...